1: Someone has said that Jesus was either Lord, liar, or lunatic.
0: I would guess that you probably already heard that, but it needs further explanation, doesn't it? You need to know exactly why we call Him Lord. And that's what Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is going to share with you on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse as he begins a new sermon, a new message, uh, continuing in the book of John. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands, and we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Information about the church is always available on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And now with those further details on whether he's liar, lunatic, or Lord, here's Pastor Leighton Sheeley.
1: He claimed to have come down from heaven... He claimed to have been sent into the world by the Father. He claimed to be the Savior of the world. He claimed to determine people's eternal destinies. He claimed to be the source of eternal life. He claimed to be the only way to God. He claimed the right to be honored on an equal basis with the Father. And he claimed to be one with the Father. He claimed to raise the power to raise the dead and to even raise himself from the dead. He claimed to be the one to whom the Old Testament prophecy is pointed. He claimed to be the supreme judge who will one day return in glory. He claimed to be without sin. He claimed to have all authority in heaven and on earth. He claimed to have authority to forgive sins. He claimed to have authority over the Sabbath. He claimed to have authority to answer prayer. He claimed to be greater than the temple. Solomon, Jacob, and even Abraham. He claimed to be the bread of life. He claimed to be the light of the world. He claimed to be the resurrection and the life. He claimed to be Messiah, Savior. He claimed to be the Son of God, who would be seated at the right hand of God. And these are only some of the claims that Jesus made. In his book entitled, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, one of the brilliant minds, noted a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can choose to shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Many people who heard Jesus speak and saw him work chose to accept him and believe in him, and many others chose to reject and disbelieve After Jesus had miraculously fed the 5,000 men plus women and children in chapter 6, almost everybody walked away from him. And here in chapter 7, it reveals that not even his own brothers believed in him, at least not until after his resurrection. In fact, the scriptures tell us that his brothers challenged Jesus to show off his powers for the nation that was assembled in Jerusalem at the temple for the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus told them he would not come with them yet and sent them along without him. Now we studied the first verses when we gathered together last, but the first verses provide us the basis on our continuing study today. So we're going to read from the beginning of chapter 7, verse 1. The story begins. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea. Remember that Galilee is at the top of the nation, to the Sea of Galilee. And Judea is at the bottom of the nation, and that includes Jerusalem, and between them is Samaria. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. And so his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. And if you do these things, show yourself to the world. Not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come. Your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I'm not going up to the feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast... Then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He's a good man. Others said, No, he's leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. Now, Jerusalem was filled with pilgrims from all over, not only the nation, but other nations as well. This is one of the great feasts, one of the most popular feasts that they celebrated together. And Jesus went up into the temple, which was the customary place for a rabbi to teach, and he began to teach. Now, his unexpected appearance caught the Jewish authorities off guard. And confounded any plans they had to seize him quietly, the reason they were asking, "Where is he? Where is he?" is because they wanted to capture him before he got into the city and became manifest because there was a large number of people that thought uh, that liked Jesus. He was very popular amongst a large number of people yet, and so they wanted to uh, dispose of him quietly or privately now, despite the mounting opposition, Jesus fearlessly proclaimed his truth and identity. We're not told exactly what the sermon was that he preached here. Um, It may have been similar to the sermons that are recorded for us in the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, uh, sermons about the kingdom of God is at hand. But we're not told expressly what the sermon was. Verse 15, the Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he's never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Now it says that they were um, astonished at His teaching. His mastery of the Scriptures amazed them. And that was quite common when Jesus got up to preach. Often the crowds would be amazed. That's how the Scriptures record the crowd's response at the end of His Sermon on the Mount, for instance, in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. Those hostile Jewish authorities who felt threatened by Jesus continually... They led an attack against Jesus by questioning his credentials, his uh, uh, his authority to teach. They explained, how is it that this man has learning when he's never studied? Now, their point was not that Jesus was ignorant, but rather that he had received no formal training from a recognized school for rabbis. In today's terms, he didn't have a seminary degree and he wasn't ordained by some formal ecclesiastical body. Because they could not refute what he taught, they instead questioned his credentials. They implied that if you listen to this guy, you're merely listening to the opinions of some self-styled intruder who has no association with any known religious group of teachers and leaders. The criticism was that Jesus was uneducated. And that was the same accusation that was made against Peter and John in Acts chapter four, when they were brought before the Sanhedrin, Jesus had attended no rabbinic school. It was the practice that only a disciple of an accredited teacher had a, a, a right to expound scripture and no rabbi ever made a statement based on his own authority. They always quoted some other teacher They would say something, and then they would cite uh, authorities for every statement that they made. It was a system of mutual endorsement, and it was similar to the practices that are current in legal and high education professions. The rabbis used a form of what we would call peer review. Peer review is the evaluation of of work of one by more people of a similar competence to the producers of the work their peers. While I was working on my master's degree program, I was astounded at how much value the educational community places on peer-reviewed sources as though they somehow always produced superior information. However, an article in How Stuff Works, the online science magazine, noted that peer review leads to the suppression of some scientists' results. A reviewer, Perhaps an established scientist in his field might reject research that challenges his particular point of view or contradicts his own findings. Such a reviewer might be accused of maintaining the scientific establishment at the cost of innovative ideas. What is true today among the scientific community leaders was also true in Jesus' day among the religious community leaders. They wanted to maintain the religious establishment And Jesus' teaching was innovative. It was radically different from and challenging to the religious establishment. And furthermore, Jesus refused to engage in their peer review system. They failed to recognize that Jesus is God, and God has no peer. There's not a single person who can do a peer review on God. And Jesus was even different from the Old Testament prophets. As they would say, thus saith the Lord... But Jesus would say, I say to you. So here was this Galilean carpenter, a man with no formal training whatsoever, daring to expound and explain the scriptures to them. Now, Jesus' reply is direct and devastating. He answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. It was true that he had not received his information from any human institution, but that did not mean... That what he was teaching was merely his own opinion, as the authorities implied. Jesus said, in effect, you ask me who my teacher was? You ask me by what authority I expound the scripture? My authority is God. Jesus claimed to be God taught. And he makes that claim again and again.
0: You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And when we begin a new message, which is what we've done today, we always spread it over at least three days. So we'll continue this same theme on the next edition of our broadcast. I hope you can join us. We'll be back at this same time here on this station. I'm Mike Trout. You can find out more details about the church at highlands.us, and you can support this ministry be a partner with us in that way at studyversebyverse.com. Have a great rest of your day. Join us tomorrow when we'll once more open the Word of God to the book of John and study verse by verse.